Hello and welcome to this episode of Has Entered the Chat. Today's episode features Marty Matulis, and of course you probably already know that because this isn't radio and generally you uh, in podcasting you already know a little bit before you start listening, so I'm not going to spend too much time going into detail, but if you are tuning in just to hear the conversation, you're not sure who Marty Matulis is, I guarantee that you have seen him in something, and you might not have even known it. Uh, he's been in projects like Evil, where he's played a multitude of characters. Z Nation, Teen Wolf, American Horror Story, Sleepy Hollow, Grimm, Star Trek, Dawn of the Dead, The Apparition, Smile, Men in Black 3. I mean, the list goes on. You've probably seen him some way or another, but... Most recently, appearing in the Star Wars world as Vane. If you're not caught up on Mandalorian, I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but basically he plays a space pirate named Vane, and I also won't spoil anything from the interview, so I'll just let you listen and find out more on the character and potential future happenings for Vane and Marty in general in the world of Star Wars. Because the nice thing about him being behind a, you know, mask essentially, not a literal mask, but uh, behind that is he can play multiple characters. So we do talk about that. Um, Again, won't give anything away from the interview. I'll let you listen for yourself. Uh, But if you're interested in following Marty, uh, I think we might talk about it in the interview. I don't remember if this was before or after recording or during recording. But anyway... Uh, Just follow him on Instagram is where he's at, just at Marty Matulis. But look down below, I will put links for that, uh, as well as show links for Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Um, Since you're listening to this, we did do a video interview, so go over to YouTube if you want to watch it. Um, I always recommend watching it on YouTube if you can, but obviously if you're driving, jogging, or just working and can't watch and just can listen... Uh, podcasting is the way to go. So uh, I've talked long enough. Uh, I'll talk a little more at the end. So stick around for that. But without further ado, here is my chat with Marty Matulis. I don't know if you can see Starlink right there. That's uh, yeah, yeah. The Starlink motor, the dish that's up on top of my van. I'm in a Sprinter van right now, so like I'm uh, oh cool out and about. And it mostly works well unless there's a tree over my head. So we're that's what I was trying to hope. <laughs> hope we didn't get stuck with uh, on the next go around if we were going to do it later in the week. Yeah. Did you did you park in a field or something? <laughs> the best place is the desert. I don't know if you know West Coast, but there I usually run from like Pacific Northwest to Southern California. So desert. Oh, cool. Great internet. Coast, not so great internet. Uh, it's funny. My wife and I just had we for our honeymoon. Well, we actually we got married officially in Pennsylvania, like signed the certificate and all that, because to do it out in California would have been very difficult. But we actually uh, had our like little ceremony out in uh, Mer Woods and off San Fran. Great, great, great. Yeah. Uh, Then the next, and then literally drove right over to a cruise ship, hopped on a cruise and did a whole Pacific Northwest cruise. So I get all the way. That area is amazing. Uh, No, we got around Washington are phenomenal. Yeah, we so the whole way up you could see the coast, which was really cool. 
um, because all you see is mountains and pine trees and and all that. So it stopped in, make sure, let me make sure I get the order right. Stopped in uh, Astoria, Oregon. Yep. So then we uh, we went down to Cannon Beach to see Haystack Rock. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's amazing. Familiar. Um, and then so then it went to Seattle, which was which was nice. I don't want to. Not going to like say anything bad about Seattle, obviously, in case anybody's <laughs> listening from Seattle. But it's a very no, different thing. Cannon Beach. Everything else is great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then it went to Vancouver, which was beautiful. Yep. Um, for a city and then uh, a day in Victoria. Now, Victoria, we weren't there very long. Uh, so we just did some whale watching and we were there for like six hours or something, but saw some, nice. some orcas, some humpbacks. So very beautiful. The whole entire yeah. trip was awesome. So my last and route in, in that area was a, a motorcycle trip that I rode from Portland up past Seattle and around to, um, I'm not gonna forget the name of it now. It's like Whidbey Island, Anacortes. Anacortes is the port. Okay, and that's where you catch the ferry to go to Orcas Island and the other the other islands in that chain, just kind of off of Victoria. Um, yeah, and just kicking around on a motorcycle and camping for days. That's straight. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And so, what what time of year do you do it? Because I know there's a, a lot of rainy times. <clears throat> yeah, spring, summer, fall. I'm I don't. If I can avoid it, great, but I'm kind of used to it. So if it rains, it rains. Because <laughs> we lucked out. So we went in September and it was dry, I would say, out of the like week. It was dry five or six days. Great. And like that's phenomenal. High 60s weather. It was kind of weird, actually. I was like, we packed for like, we thought it was going to be chilly, you know, especially again up the coast, you know. We So we kind of lucked out with weather, but I mean, just you never know what you're going to get. I know, but I guess I can see why, like, I saw the results of all the rain because like in Vancouver, we went to like a temperate rainforest that's out there. And it's just like, unlike anything I've ever seen, like the entire, like green everywhere. Like you can barely tell there are trees. It's so green. So gorgeous. Yeah. We can address this in the the talk too. Like I was in LA and got out, I I grabbed my dog after there was (laughs) stuff going on and like work wasn't great. Things were tapering off. I'm like, oh, come on, dog. We're going. Grab this van. (laughs) started building this van up up there over time and yeah never looked back so, so anytime anybody mentions they have a dog i have to ask what kind oh man i, I lost her last year so it's a little bittersweet she oh was my sorry to best hear that little travel buddy her name is bailey i had her from the time she was 10 weeks and she made it to a ripe old 13 just wow. last year uh she was a mini aussie lab mix oh um, kind of heavy on the lab looked a little like had that had that shepherd go get them, you know, chase, chase, mm-hmm. run, run, active, active. But then the totally. couch potato lab in her was just phenomenal. I'll, I'll pull up a photo and, and point it at the screen so you can check it out. Yeah. yeah kind I, of love, I mean, I say I love dogs. Um, yeah, obviously there's some dogs that I love more than others, but yeah, we have, so we have a, uh, <laughs> like a, we have a tiny little, like, she's probably more rat terrier than anything if I had to guess, but she's, we were told she was a mix of Cocker Spaniel, Dachshund and Jack Russell. Uh, I think, I think they lied a little, but Hey, you know, and then we also have a, uh, we also have a golden retriever. Who's just like amazing. Oh my God. That was her when we first moved up to to Oregon. She was like, we get to live in this. And was just going (laughs) nuts. Going nuts. That's a, that's a good mix. The Aussie it the is. Lab. She was just portable. She's about 40. She aged to towards 45. You just scoop her up and 
move around. She's a great dog. Loved it. And that's why we that's why we got the small one first, but then didn't quite suffice. So so we got the big one. She's like 60, probably almost 70 pounds. She's too big. I, I think yeah, you, you're at like, a good size. You were at a good size there, 40. Hoist part of the dog at that at that weight. <laughs> yeah, I'm like dead deadlifting her every time I try to pick her up, basically. <laughs> um, well, hey, let's get into let's get into you know your career yeah. and stuff at most cool. I like how you put vein down there on the, uh, it was a subtitle thing. I used it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what was like, what was your process like with that? Cause I know, um, star Wars and more specifically Disney is usually very secretive. Did you even know what role you were auditioning for? Like, what'd you know about it? No, it, uh, it, it came through my agent. Uh, I looked at it. It it sounded like it was the shootout from episode one, essentially, but with some you know names and faces altered to protect the innocent. Sure. But I don't know how many shows out there right now are doing kind of the old west shootout thing. So I inquired to my agent. I'm like, is this? Could this possibly be? And she's like, well, yeah, because it's it's the same. They have like a code for all of their shows in the casting business. That makes sense. So she's like, in that world, so do as you will. And so I, I assumed I assumed enough to put in some pew pew sound effects at the end of the audition, hoping that that wouldn't uh, offend or go the wrong direction. And I, I think it went OK because there was a there was a quick welcome to the show after the audition was sent. And then we we're off and running after that. Oh, cool. So uh, once you got the role, um did you find out what the character was going to look like? Because unlike a lot of I mean, in Star Wars, maybe it's it's not quite this way, but most uh shows you know you you look like you right so in, in right. your position you most of, my the career. <laughs> most of the time don't so like yeah. what did you know about you know what he was going to look like all that stuff and did they bring you in and change his look after the fact at all well initially because of because my network of professional friends are makeup artists after 20 plus years doing this like i started i started putting out the feelers it's like does anyone know anything? Good. Have, have you heard anything? <laughs> At one point, I, I think I didn't I didn't get the right group because I hadn't worked with them yet. But then at some point they reached out to me and I said, as I often do, I'm like, you know, there, if you need anything from me, I know that there are a lot of copies of of Marty heads floating around Los Angeles <laughs> in various shops. If we can, like, help speed the process or if I can be involved early on. And she's like, oh we've already got a copy of your head. We're already working on it. <laughs> so it, it happened. Word was spread and, and they got a hold of my noggin. Um, and then I think at some point after that, I was told it was this brown Nikto a la Return of the Jedi skiff guard. So I, I knew I knew the rate, the species that it was going to be and and that they had used this species a couple times on the show as like kind of the, mm-hmm. the biker gang and the, the whatnot. But up until right. this, they'd all been uh, rubber uh, pullover masks. So they were kind of excited okay. to have this now as a as a full glued on prosthetic piece. Which then, of course, because they had never seen it as a prosthetic, as a glued on, they wanted to make sure and, you know, check their investment ahead of time. So I got called in to do a makeup test, costume test, a full dog and pony show which historically has been get all dressed up, get the makeup done, take a few pictures, take it all off. Adios, muchacho. We'll see you on the job. So I was expecting the same. But then once I started getting the makeup finished, we got into wardrobe. They said, OK, so when we're done, we're going to bring you out here and, you know, we'll we'll have Doug take a look at you and there'll be a few phones and you know just a couple people around. 
Doug who? Doug Chang. <laughs> About two inches from my face, just going, yeah, yeah. okay, yep, mm -hmm. good. Just doing the technical inspection, making sure everything was right. And then the phones started coming out and there were about 11 people standing around with numerous phones. And I was like, ah, this is the audition. <laughs> this is the character's <laughs> audition. I was given right. a job to portray it. Now it's the character's time to, to make sure that it can do and emote and speak. So I cranked it up to 11, started poking fun at John Favreau right away just to make sure <laughs> we were good and and then, yeah, I think based on that, that's why they ended up not killing him off in the first episode, which he was intended <laughs> to die initially. Oh, really? Yeah, he was supposed to get shot by grief and they were going to send off another lackey to go spread the word. But they, I think they liked how well how well it moved and how expressive it was. And um, and like I said, I was I was aiming for the bleachers with the, the costume test. So I think they wanted to get get their money's worth out of him. Yeah, and you know what? It's interesting because I th I think, and maybe this is a TV versus film thing, and maybe you can even speak to that. Um, in TV, you know, budgets are typically a little bit lower, but so you have a little less or a lot less, really, CGI. Mm -hmm. But it, I, I, I kind of like that. Like, I like the prosthetics of it, and I know it takes a lot of time and everything like that. But when you're looking at a, a real person with, you know, essentially all this makeup and whatnot on top of you rather than just uh somebody who was in a bubble suit basically that they added in later on i think it like it i don't know i just i like the feel of it a little bit better and again that's mm -hmm. something i feel like maybe sometimes film gets away from a little too much they're too quick to jump on cgi a lot of times yeah they are like what's yeah what's your opinion on that like how do you feel when you see someone cgi and you're like ah oh, you know what that would have been such a good prosthetic I'm kind of split depending on the situation. I think, I think, yes, I think they jump too quickly to make something full CG just because they have this bag of tricks and they want to play with their toys and it, it employs a lot of animators and that aspect of it is great. Um, but as a guy who came up early days was like Babylon five and Star Trek and it was all latex appliance prosthetic work. Sure. I, I know that, I can work that stuff. You know, I know that when I'm sitting in the makeup chair, if it's a thicker appliance, I'm going to have to go like 30% more to lift the eyebrows up. And, you know, that's my time to apply my part of the craft to their art that they're applying to me. So it could be either thing in any given situation. I think where, where CG really excels is in enhancing a prosthetic, a practical effect, whether it be like, making the eyes move a little bigger or better or blinks or, you know, something that the prosthetic might not be able to do really well. Cause ultimately I think it, it should simply inform the character and make the character more believable. So if the prosthetics, the prosthetics are always going to read real because they are and CG, right. no matter how good it is, like it's getting so good, but I think it's, it's like exceptionally good and believably good when it is environments and architecture and, materials right but it doesn't have a soul and it never will that's why that's why we should all be terrified of ai but it's another discussion. Right. <laughs> um, yeah when it can when it can enhance something to just make the believability a little a little higher i think that's great that's like a real sweet spot for it all yeah so like the co combination of the two essentially yeah. rather than just going straight cgi 
yeah as a fan and or as a watcher like i i have I, no problem even as an actor inside the thing if they want to mm-hmm. add or enhance that's great i was gonna say has there been any that you can think of off the top of your head where you know you felt like that worked really well where you had on like the prosthetics and everything and then you went back and watched it later and realized oh they actually tweaked this a little bit mm. i don't think that's happened too much with the things that i've done just by virtue of the projects i think on evil there's certainly been a lot of uh enhancement where there was this um kind of this mosquito demon thing and we had mm-hmm. we joel and his team joel harlow and his team had built everything practical knowing full well that you know you couldn't have like a bunch of fluttering wings and a, an extending proboscis practically because you'd be there for months right but he built everything practically so that then the cgi guys could scan in great detail and then do their magic with animation and and just tie it all together i thought that worked great oh, that's um, cool other than that i think not on me but i remember on falling skies the way they treated doug jones's character cochise I know there was a lot of like enhancement to the eyes and some of the mouth just just to give it a little more. And I thought that worked really well, too. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, with it being so big and bulky, you essentially, you know, you're just asking for it to be stiff. Right. <laughs> so yeah. you you want it to look real, but you want it, you don't want it to look like a person inside of a mask. You want it to look like this right. is an actual being and they're, you know, yeah. their mouth's not moving, moving like this, like it's. You know, normally, you know, if aliens, I'm sure they do exist somewhere. Again, another topic for another day. But I'm sure, you know, if an alien came down here, it would kind of. <laughs> if, be... come on, come on, <laughs> if. Although, well, yeah, you've worked on uh, Men in Black, so you, you already know all about how they're they're everywhere around us, right? Wait, where's my <laughs> neuralizer? <laughs> um, I think that was part of you, the Part of the concern around uh, Vane initially was also because the Nikto's have no nose. And I don't know if you noticed, but I, in fact, do. You do. Yeah. So they had to build it out so it could so it could go away, which meant they also had to build out the lower lip to meet the upper lip, which also meant that there's a lot of material there. So I think they wanted to make sure it wasn't just going to be a a talking puppet. Right. Because I, I would assume, uh, you know, like in Harry Potter, Voldemort doesn't have a nose, but I, I think they just CGI'd that thing right off. Oh, yeah, yeah. That wasn't a prosthetic. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, inevitably, if you got to hide stuff, you got to hide everything. And that's probably, I mean, do you, you don't have to worry too much about that, right? Do you have any input towards things at all? Or you just kind of just let the makeup, you know, special effects makeup artists do their job? Yep. That's pretty much it. Um, because okay. I've worked with Joel, <laughs> because I've worked with Joel for so long, and then because I've been in makeups for so long, uh, he and I are, have a friendship now that we can discuss a little bit of design. And he'll send me a, a concept art of what he's working on. I'll be like, "Oh, sh- what are we going to do about the feet?" He's like, "I'm already working on it." Like, we we have okay. a bit of a shortening as far as like, "Am I going to die after ten hours in this thing? Can we modify this <laughs> or this?" But they're also so aware, you know, it's just, it usually comes down to time and budget as to how much they can do for, you know, comfort or it's, it's usually more around that. I'm just a, a whiny baby. Okay. I want to be comfortable. <laughs> I want to be comfortable in makeups. Uh, who could blame you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious. Cause you know, obviously you've done a lot of creatures, you know what I mean? Like just, uh, you know, smile most recently, you're literally called the monstrosity, which is mm-hmm. obviously 
not so much care, but Vane is a character. You know what I mean? He's not just a, a creature. He has, uh, you know, intellectual dialogue. He, like he's a full blown character and, and that's kind of what Star Wars allows. Um, do you prefer one or the, over the other? Do you like playing creepy creatures or do you like having like a character who has more of, you know, the dialogue? Definitely the latter. I never once in my life intended to be doing creature suit stuff. It, as things happen, you know, you fall into a thing, you start meeting people, they start telling other if you can walk, talk, and chew gum, and you don't fidget in the chair, <laughs> like makeup artists like to have reliable people who are going to, who will help sell their work. And because of that, I think because I had acting chops ahead of this, that helped them see that. You know, I was I was going to do a good job making their makeup look better um, by moving it well. Um, but so I, yeah, again, I never intended it. I, I did theater in school. I studied acting. I'm an absolute film buff. I just pick it apart and try to figure out how all the nuts and bolts work. So I very much enjoy being able to build a character. Which on Evil, I got to do that with George from the first season, and on on Mando, certainly with Vane. You know, there was. In the casting, it, it basically said he's a space pirate and he speaks kind of British. I don't, they didn't specify, <laughs> they just said British. So I was head, I leaned heavily into the ish, came up with the best, <laughs> name, so it kind of worked out, worked out some things that I thought would be good for him. And largely that's what we went with. I think uh, there were a few tweaks by Rick just to kind of fine tune things, but even, even as tightly constructed as their episodes and their seasons were, there was a bit of freedom within the shoot to kind of explore things around the character and and do the things that i really love to do which is find a way into the character was it um i don't want to say in intimidating because i feel like in your profession it's like you probably don't really get intimidated very easily but knowing you know the mandalorian is one of the more popular um mm. star wars projects uh outside of some of the films it certainly is on television um did you know much about it going in? Did you what were you a viewer already? You know, were you kind of like, what am I getting myself into? Or did you know enough people, you know, that were involved with the project that you were kind of comfortable? Uh, I was an was an am an avid Star Wars. Uh, do we call it a fan? I mean, I don't I don't collect, I don't get autographs, you know. But I'm an avid fan from the time the initial movie came out when I was seven. So okay. I was very, very excited about Mandalorian, very enthusiastic uh, watcher. So much so that I was watching the behind the scenes. I think they call it the gallery on Disney plus. I was listening to the right. round table discussions. And at one point, John Favreau said, you know, you can't just throw anybody in those things. You got to get an actor. And I was like, he understands. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> I have to work with these guys. And I can I curse on your show? Yeah, absolutely. I shit you not. It was two weeks later that I got the audition for the for the part. No way. So, That's why yeah, I was thrilled. I was thrilled with it. I, I loved being involved with it. Although every every aspect of my my training over the last couple of decades has taught me to not get too excited about anything at any given point because it can all change or it could be right. less than you imagined or better. There's no way to know. So I tried to kind of keep my enthusiasm a bit in check just so I wouldn't completely nerd out and I could focus on the work and 
do what I needed to do. But there were moments, there were moments like getting out on the set and uh, seeing uh, Grogu for the first time. Although I think he was still, was he still Baby Yoda? No, he might've had a name by then. The pram, they rolled out his little pram and I just lost That's it. That's cool. I, I was, I was a nerdy little kid dressed as a six foot six knobby faced <laughs> alien. And I, I couldn't handle it. Have you go over I mean, how could him? you? Yeah, how could you not? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's a button, he's, that guy. He's adorable, right? <laughs> yeah, he is. He really is. And even like up close, I, I went in for the technical inspection to kind of see yeah. where are the seams, like, do they have to fix his eye? Like, what, what happened? He looks great for his age. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> Couldn't believe how cool it looked. How, uh, how deep did your uh, fandom go, I guess? So let me preface this question mm -hmm. by uh, sharing that. Like, I, I'm the same. Obviously, I've seen all the movies. Uh, sometimes like to forget about the prequels, but um, Understand. I have not seen all of the animated stuff. Well, and I've heard... It's Adam. really good, especially Adam. Clone Wars. Go ahead. Lay it on me. It, it took me a while. I have a friend. His name is Daniel Sherl. He's got a podcast. He's an avid movie fan as well. And he kept telling me, he's like, you got to watch Clone Wars, man. I'm like, it's a kid's show. I don't have time. There's so much content. What do you? He's like, yeah. dude, just trust me. Just trust me. Watch Clone Wars. So after a couple of fits and starts, I started watching it. And it's a bit intimidating when you're looking at the expanse of seven seasons of animation. So I think that's where I, I'm at. Yeah. I, I will happily say that I, you can smell the filler episodes and you can skip them. Just okay. want to go for the story. It is absolutely well worth your time to just kind of, you know, get through it. And, and there's plenty of stuff you can skip. It's not for lack of quality. It's just that, you know, the stuff that doesn't involve the core storyline Mm -hmm. robots are cute but i don't always need to see them on their own little adventure uh it was great i love clone wars and, and the further it gets you know towards the end of it it gets if you're any kind of a star wars fan and you enjoy the storytelling aspect of it it's quality it's really good work oh, cool. and then it I continues into rebels and unfortunately it seemed like even more of a kid show for the first Half of the season, it's got a little bit of a, like a lighter tone, even a lighter style of animation. But the storytelling is is right in line because Dave Filoni is phenomenal. Okay. I, I, you know, and everyone else. But I think as the, the <laughs> leader of the pack on the animation side of things, he put together a couple of really amazing, amazing series. That's that's what I keep hearing. So I, I have to make sure I find some time to to watch it. And and, and before Ahsoka comes out. Right, and if nothing else, because they're actually taking taking things from Clone Wars and putting them into Mandalorian and making their own, yeah. like the the dark saber appreciation. Yeah, when I first saw the dark saber, I was like, "What is this thing?" And right. then I googled it, and it was like <laughs> Clone Wars. I was like, "All right." And everyone who saw the show was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, right. I mean, numerous and times so they just keep they just keep peppering the uh, the live action show with with little things from the animated show uh do so you know watching the watching the thing you are getting essentially ahsoka's story underneath this massive clone wars thing that was only alluded to and that was another stroke right. of genius from dave filoni is like bring in this character she will be our heart as the audience we will travel with her we will feel her pain in order 66 it, 
it's it's a deft stroke having this character that now everyone is loving. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, just from what I've seen, and I can only imagine the the Clone Wars stuff, you know, kind of adding to that and the other characters they brought into. Um, and on yeah. on that topic, any chance that you know of, and I don't even know if uh, you would do the voice or anything, but it, mm-hmm. is Vane going to pop up anywhere else, like outside of Mandalorian? Do you know? Have you heard? I have not heard. I probably couldn't say if I had, but I think I can say that I haven't. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I figured you, if you had if you had heard, I figured you couldn't say, but I have to ask. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, yeah. And if I had, I'd probably sit here uncomfortably there by kind of confirming without actually confirming. But I can say that not exactly. Not at this stage. Although it's all about the way you say no. Exactly. If my eyes are shifting, <laughs> you know something's going on. Um, right. But I will say that I, I went in for one day of uh, dialogue replacement on the on the recording stage. They'll typically find something, either an airplane went over or they have to change a line or add a line or something. So I went in for sure. a few of those things over one day. And the guy running the session was Matt Woods, Matthew Woods, the uh, supervising sound editor for Lucasfilm. And because I was aware of him because I consumed the behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> but I need to, I need to say, I need to. Hey, Mr. Woods, I was just wondering. I did the I would did that. I was just wondering, uh, express my interest in animation and you know, if there's any opportunity, don't don't hesitate to call. And oh my god, I would I would love, 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 love to voice animation, whether it's vain or something else. So uh interest has been expressed, but to date I have not heard a thing yet. Well, this Star Wars train doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon, so just keep your phone on, I think. <laughs> yep, fair enough. Um, fair enough. And, and on to continue that topic, I mean, you know, like you said, with, with evil, you know, it, it's fun. it was funny when you said George, the character George that you, you got to portray. It's funny because when I was looking at all the people you did on, I say people, but all the different characters you were on evil, yeah. it's like Mosquito Demon, Marriage Demon, Bat Demon, Boop Demon, Archangel Michael, AR Demon, George. George. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> but because yeah. you can, because you have, you know, <laughs> in most cases, you have everything covering your face. Um, right. I'm, I'm assuming that opens the door to potentially even play another character on Mandalorian or some other Disney uh, yeah. Star Wars production. Um, yeah, that again, I'm assuming you can't say. <laughs> That okay. possibility was alluded to. I mean, yeah, as you've seen, if you looked up my MDB, that it'll happen. I think there, there's a practical, a pragmatic aspect to doing that, a financially smart aspect to reusing the same person if he's capable of portraying different characters. They've already got you. They don't have to recast and try to figure out a new person. And so as long as they can successfully hide the face enough to make it seem like a, a realistic, different character, then it makes sense on that side of things. And then hopefully what I'm bringing to it also helps, you know, make that decision viable for them. Uh, yeah, again, nothing, nothing other than the possibility and the, the distinct, yeah, I guess it's just a possibility. The distinct possibility that that could happen and that, that that would be a reasonable thing if it were to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. Okay. All I know is you're crossed. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I know Vane is coming back. He did fly off, and because it showed in celebration, I can say that when the skeleton crew teaser comes out, we might just find out where he flew off to. Oh, I like that. 
All right. So see, we got some information Mike, out of you. I kept it open. You hear that? Disney X. <laughs> yeah. There was, was no firm, confirmation. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, there was Strong, no maybe. confirmation. But if it happens, we'll know why. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, I'm. What's funny to me, not funny, but, um, you know, you have so many recognizable roles. You know, if somebody listening probably knows you from something. You know what I mean? <clears throat> but. Uh, unlike a lot of people on television and, and movies, your face isn't always recognizable because it's always covered. Do you yeah. do you like that? Like, do you like being able to attach yourself to all these well-known projects, but not always being recognized in a crowd? You know, like mm -hmm. Ryan Reynolds walks around, everybody knows, hey, there's Ryan Reynolds. You know what I mean? But not everybody's like, hey, that's Vane. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think with Vane and because it's star wars that has now that's starting to change a little bit uh i love my privacy i'm a solitude guy i'm i'm sitting in a, a well, you're just gonna say you're in a van and <laughs> i like to go hide in nature you know like I'm a, I'm a quiet introvert kid who just happened to find this bizarre over-the-top monstery career um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's a tricky thing. Like, I, I would love, 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 love more than anything else in this career to morph it into something a little more like Gary Oldman or Daniel Day-Lewis and become recognized as a solid character actor using this face with things on it to give the character some differentiation. Not necessarily live forever hidden away as these creepy critters. Fun as mm -hmm. they are. You know, there's no denying. I, you know, I've been doing it forever for a reason it is a good time and i love the people who who create these things that i get to wear but yeah i mean i that was always the original intent my interest has always been in in acting creating characters to tell stories oh sorry hang on we declined that little did that just throw everything <laughs> off are we still here no you're good yeah great yep. okay cool. no more phone calls um yeah it, it and again you know the the vagaries around the career you, you can't really just be like i'm going to do this no i'm i'm working towards it i'm hopeful that i can continue doing things as certainly as i'm also aging out of the young and spry monster world um it'd be nice to play a judge who sits in a comfortable chair for a few episodes <laughs> i'm down with that too i'm getting to the age of that sounds pretty fun yeah i don't blame you i mean yeah. i I can't imagine, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure this gets asked by, like, I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but with having to wear just everything on top of you, mm -hmm. hot, I'm, I know for sure shooting does not, it's not quick. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like mentally, uh, like, how do you mentally just like stay in it when you're trying to focus, especially when you're playing someone like Vane who has lines that you have to remember and you're not you can't just be a creature you know what i mean right yeah i mean the the usual thing of doing as much preparation as you can beforehand so you don't have to think about it too much um the patience comes in sitting in the chair because sometimes that's that can be anywhere from usually the short side is an hour 15 to an hour and a half upwards of i think the longest was almost six hours to get into the makeup wow. On the, I think that was do, a Sleepy Hollow character. Do you put a movie on or something? Like, what? Like, can you watch anything, or do you literally just have to sit there and stare? No, I've seen some of those uh, time lapses of like Guardians of the Galaxy, and I see like there's a lot of phones and just 
earbuds when you can have earbuds in, but I don't typically ask to do that. I may have a phone around to check it before I can't anymore for the day. Cause once right. you glue into a hand, like you're cut off from the world for right. an entire day. Um, but I'm, I'm interested enough in, in the art of what they're doing that I will, I'll try to check out for the first bit when things are just getting glued on and starting, but then maybe halfway through or a little further on, I will, I'll come to and kind of, I get to see it because they're always doing it in a mirror so they can look and get some distance on it and see how their work is mm -hmm. coming along and it's pointing at my face. So as it's coming together, I want to see it and I want to see when it's glued on. I, if, can I move this? Am I going to have to do that? I start testing it a little bit, not to the extent that they're like, Marty, stop moving, which has happened a couple of times, but yeah, that's my time to kind of finalize my side of the preparation because I can go out, have everything prepared. And if I forget that I have to run a giant silicone forehead, that's going to, that's going to diminish my ability to do a good job. So I, I do use that time to kind of focus and, and see what's up and prepare that last little leg of the, the character. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned with your, your phone, I'm sure once everything's on it nowadays with the phones, with the face ID, that probably doesn't work too well. Does that still work? Cause I know sometimes it goes <laughs> off your eyes. Nope. No, nope. okay. <laughs> there's like, yeah, eyes, there's that LIDAR scan to go for texture through phone, through masks and blah. nope, nothing. No. And when I've got the I, big latex fingers, I can't get my code. In, <laughs> yeah. So. You can't, you, it doesn't like register. You got to get the, like, you know, those gloves they have that you can actually use your phone when you're wearing them. Right. I mean, sometimes I wear the wrong sunglasses and it doesn't recognize my face. So I right. can't imagine a full, full mask. Um, well, before I let you go, uh, actually, one more question before I get to, to the last thing, because you mentioned yeah. this a little bit earlier, but then we got on Star Wars and I didn't want to get off that train. So um, you had mentioned, you know, when you got the role, your your head essentially was out there floating around and they were able to get it. And Where that's that a kind of that. Right. Like I, I never thought about that, but it makes so much sense. Like, what did you have? Did you have to like go get like a, a plaster made of, of your head and just have copies of that made or like how? How does that work? I think I think people have done this, and maybe if I were a smarter actor, I would have done this. I would have my own <laughs> positive copy, but I, that would creep me out. I don't want to carry a copy of my head around either in the van. I could maybe mount it on no. the hood with an ornament. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, that's just weird all around. Um, I've worked with so many people who have taken a head cast that I, I know who I could call who might have one. And the hope then is that, you know, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't have too much of like a proprietary hold on it to want to make a copy right. of it. Um, but if the production, let's put it this way. If, if the production wanted to find one and I found one and they didn't want to let it go, I might try to help facilitate them getting it. But I know okay. I do not have, I do not have a copy of my own head, but I do know that there <laughs> are many out there. That's just something I never one, thought of. Let me know. <laughs> right. Just that'd be interesting. Uh, no, it's it's some, yeah. It's something I never thought of that. Um, I mean, it makes a ton of sense, but just things that when you think about it, you. It's a weird just, thing. It's, it's I don't know of thing. any other industry or niche where that would be the case. Right. And you've been part of a ton of horror uh, projects and that might be the scariest thing having your own head. <laughs> <laughs> being carried yeah. around with you. Uh, before I let you go though, I do want to see um, what kind of, you know, if there's any future projects you want to 
discuss, or I know you definitely do conventions. I don't know if you just did one or you have one coming up, but I feel like I saw your name pop up on one. Just did. Yeah. I've, I've, Star Wars is finally the property where I've felt like now's the time because people will probably either know and then seek out that character and want to meet the person who's playing the character and be involved in the Star Wars thing. Now it's now it's a thing. So I've I've just done the first one in, in Pennsylvania. There are some more coming up, but I can't think of the next. I think there's a maybe a Crypticon coming up. Um, okay. Denver and I know Minneapolis later in the year and then there will be others that just haven't solidified those yet so that that train is starting to roll down the tracks now and yeah, I'm maybe sure that's right the, let's just say it once skeleton crew comes out I'm sure <laughs> there will be more opportunities to do those things where um, Vane's visibility might rise a little bit yeah I and, I mean yeah that I I've been to them. They're a lot of fun. Um, and I think that, cause I think the one you were just at was somewhat near me. Was that, was that an Oaks? Was that this last weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Pennsylvania was the first time at that, that location. Yeah. It was according to the people who do this regularly, it was a bit slow, but for me kind of dipping my mm. toe into the world, it was like ideal. It was great. Not too crazy. Just enough activity to not overstimulate my, little introverted nerdy brain but um kind of showed me showed me the world of, of conventions it was great like as i said i grew up with star wars I'm, I'm as much of a fan as anyone else and and i like to talk about it and kind of discuss the likes and the dislikes and the guess where they're gonna goes and all that stuff and then talk about the process as well so it's a different aspect to it but it's a lovely way to connect with people yeah and actually um i don't want to say small but the I'll, I'll i'll go the opposite i'll say the the really big ones mm -hmm. aren't as enjoyable to me at least as some of the more again not not small just like locally put together i guess might be the better word yeah. um because you get that like you you get a little more of like what you said you know there's there's more there's always plenty to see you know what i mean yeah. but you, you get a little more intimate of a setting, I think is. is yeah. I think I can see that happening. If it, if I'm, if I'm on my side, you know, at a table, got people coming up, it's going to be one at a time. And if there's a lot of people, it's going to be a short time. And it, it seems like mm -hmm. it becomes more of a conveyor belt process. Whereas this one, I'd see people that I saw on Saturday and I'd be like, Hey, you're back. Well, how's it going? And, <laughs> and you, you do feel like you're all kind of doing this together, which is nice. You know, it's, it's, it's more personal. Thanks again to Marty for joining me and thank you for listening again. If you want to check Marty out on Instagram at Marty Metoulis, the link will be down below. Also down below links to the show socials and YouTube again on YouTube. There will be a video if you want to check that out. I already have a couple other guests that I've agreed to come on the podcast, just working on some final scheduling there. Uh, if you are a Mandalorian fan, I can guarantee you one of them you will probably want to check out, as it's somebody who hosts a YouTube channel that I know for a fact posts videos about the Mandalorian and Marvel, among other things, DC, all that kind of stuff. 
So that is why it is important to A, subscribe, um, YouTube, podcast channels. This way you're the first one to know when a new episode comes out. You're the first one to get it. Don't want to miss it. Also important to follow us on social media because that is where we post guest announcements, um, little teasers on people that are getting worked on, and then when episodes are posted again, obviously uh, clips and sound bites and links and all that kind of stuff will be posted on there as well. So do me a favor, do all that, and I'll keep hopefully bringing you people you want to hear. So one more thank you to Marty for joining me and another thank you to you if it's your first time checking this podcast out i appreciate it if you are returning i also appreciate it if it was your first time i hope you either go back listen to some other episodes or stick around for future episodes but that'll do it for this episode and i will see you next time 